today's Leading Women episode 267 with the wonderful Frances Craig. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Frances Mann Craig. Frances Mann Craig has spent over 30 years working in high-tech marketing in the Silicon Valley. She has worked at huge companies like HP, Unisys, Hyundai, Oracle, and tiny startups. In 2000, she started her own company, Addison Marketing. Frances' expertise in technology marketing and business development, coupled with deep experience in working with startups and growing firms, provides Addison Marketing clients with a unique, flexible, and vibrant resource. Frances blends major corporate experience with passion, energy, and understanding of the life of an entrepreneur. So women of the world, Ms. Frances Mancraig, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We are delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Francis, I really like what you're doing with your business, especially with Addison Marketing. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge, and the experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So, here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment and time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. Okay. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind the niche? Sure, sir. I'm happy to. So, um, so Addison Marketing um, works with, as, as Marie Grace said, with high-tech startups and companies um, that are typically expanding from outside the U.S. into the U.S. market. So I have a, a very specific focus on international customers that are trying to break into the U.S. Um, we help them grow from zero, two engineers in a garage, to becoming well-established and well-recognized businesses, um, each of these. Typically, I work with companies from bootstrapped, so they have no funding at all, um, to Series A funding, when venture capitalists start to become interested and engaged with these, these companies. Addison Marketing provides a full suite of marketing services from the, the basics of positioning and messaging, go-to-market strategies, and through many of the tactics, writing case studies, white papers, doing social media, helping with public relations, and all the many different things that a startup company needs to do. But they don't need to go deep into them. They need to go broad. So we help with that whole building the foundation for marketing for companies. 
Well, I love what I'm hearing about your business and how it evolved and came into existence. And I'm sure our listeners were curious to hear that one as well. Now, what was that defining moment, you know, that prompted you to start this business and made you say, this is my business? Well, I spent, as I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I spent about 20 plus years working at very large high-tech companies. So I started at HP back when Dave and Bill, Dave uh, Packard and Bill Hewlett were still wandering around campus. John Young was president, but Dave and Bill were still around and um, had an, an excellent foundation for my career and did that for about 25 years with HP, Convergent, Unisys, Oracle, big companies. Um, and then I got got a chance to work at a PR agency for 18 months. I wanted to go very deep into PR because at the time, and I think still to this day, PR is your most credible, least expensive form of marketing. So I spent 18 months in an agency and left that agency to start working with startups. And I had the wonderful opportunity to go to Europe or to commute to Europe for two and a half years from Cupertino to Amsterdam, 27 times in two and a half years to start do a startup in Europe that was called Tornado Insider. It was helping to build a virtual infrastructure for high-tech Europe. Um, at that time, we're talking about 1998, it was the dot-com craziness was going on here in the United States and specifically in the Silicon Valley. But the European community really didn't have a foundation for building its own startup communities. So I went to Europe, uh, commuted to Europe, and we built a company that was an events magazine and website with um, advice and counseling and help and support for high-tech startups in Europe. And then at that time, we also started four incubators, Amsterdam, Munich, Paris, and London, where we helped startup companies get up and running. I helped 16 companies get started. So by that time, I was um, getting pretty good at startups and at how a company evolves and becomes a company. And then the dot-com crash happened. So I came back to the United States and hung up my own shingle and started Addison Marketing to help U.S. startups and companies in Europe coming to the U.S. Um, get up and running in the U.S. market. So that was the beginning of Addison Marketing. Wow, what a beautiful story. And I love that you've shared that one as for our listeners to see how is this uh, business idea comes about. I mean, for you, you have this uh, wide range of experience and then you were able to leverage this by, by helping uh, at least 16 companies, uh, startup companies in Europe. And then you went back to the US after the, the dot-com boom and started your own leveraging that experience that you had early on. So great uh, story of how a business business idea comes about that we all uh, our listeners can learn from so thanks for sharing that now your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry and that resonates very well with particular portion of our listeners however they are really like to know what was that compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out well that's a um that's an interesting question uh, Actually, my, um, my vision isn't so much for building Addison Marketing into being the world's biggest, greatest company, I have to say. It's um, having worked at very large companies and managed huge teams, uh, which I found to be a, uh, an enormous responsibility. I felt very responsible for every one of my employees and their success. And that's, uh, um, it's, it's, it wears you out after time. So I really wanted to have a company where I was responsible for the work I did, and I could provide an excellent, excellent product and service to my clients. 
and um, help them be successful. So the success of Addison Marketing, I measure by the success of each one of my clients. So for example, one of my clients um, just a few months ago achieved uh, venture capital funding of $12 million. For me, that is a huge success. I help them become successful. I help them raise their awareness. And I've now, I'm now actually, I yesterday resigned that account because they're going into a stage of their business that I don't enjoy very much. They're hiring in um, new marketing people. They're bringing a VP of marketing in. It's time for me to go and find the next little startup to work with. So my success is the success of my clients. And, um, and that's what drives me every day. I'm a girl geek. I love technology. I am passionate about new technology and new ways of making the world a better place through technology. And so every little company that I help to achieve their goals, I'm achieving my bigger goal. Well, what a beautiful vision that one is. I mean, providing excellent service to your clients and helping them become even more successful. And like what you said, your their success is your success. A great vision there that I can see for you and we can, that you have shared with our listeners. And the takeaway here is to really, for our listeners out there, to really create that vision for you and for your business, just what Francis just shared with us, because it's really important to have the vision, not only to have it, but to create it and write it down, because this is going going to be the one thing that directs you or gives you direction on something that inspires you also on a daily basis. So great uh, that you've shared that one. And for our listeners out there, I challenge you, create the vision you haven't had any, especially for those that are starting out. It's really important to have the vision, to know where you're going. And that will be a stronghold for you in times that there are going to be ups and downs building a business. Because I myself uh, found that really helpful when I know where I'm going and what, what's it that is keeping me up, that is inspiring me on a daily basis. All right, now let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? I'm happy to. So there uh, might be a few more than three. <laughs> but one, one of the things is, as you said, that that um, idea of having a vision um, I am a great believer in lists. I like lists. And I actually have a flip chart in my office where I keep track of both the large goals and then the small tactical activities. So being organized matters a great deal when you have your own business. You have to focus. You have to focus on the, the most important things. Turns out that 90% of the things aren't very important, but they will take up 120% of your time. And when you have your own business and when you're self-employed, you have to focus on the really important things and sometimes let the other things fall aside. So one of the things is being very organized, is, um, and I'm good at that. Um, another thing that I think is important in every business, and I tell my little daughter who's also in high-tech marketing, um, I've told her since she was small, um, to just do what you said you would do. That will put you ahead of 90% of your competitors, most people in this world casually agree and commit to things and then often just forget about them and keep going. Doing what you said you would do will make you way ahead of the class. And that's if, it's, if you promise a report at a certain time, you get it in on time. If you promise to uh, contact 25 editors, you contact 25 editors and you report on it. If you can't meet a goal that, or a, a commitment that you've made, you have to tell the person, I can't meet that commitment. I will, I will do it for X date. Will that work for you? Um, 
so many people in business don't don't just do what they said they would do. It's a very simple thing, but it's a huge impact. And the third thing is I'm very tenacious. Um, I had to, my very first performance review at HP, my manager said, she's very tenacious. I had to go look it up in the dictionary and figure out if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Turns out it's a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, when I get started on something, I don't give up until I get it figured out. And that can be very time consuming. It can be overwhelming at times, but I just stick with it until it's done. Now, sometimes you need to let things go. And so this is a, a blessing and a curse. But I think that's an, a very important one as well. And finally, I think now I'm at five. Uh, I've taught myself how to be a, a great writer. Um, I, you know, we are, we are told, I think I was told that you're born with certain gifts and that those are the ones you need to, to leverage and exploit. Well, I was born with math gift. I can do, I could do college calculus in high school. That was my gift, but there were no jobs at that time for women that were mathematicians. And so I had to learn how to become a great writer because women could be writers. Um, I'm age, I'm showing my age, but it's the truth. Um, women could be great writers, and that was an accepted field. Women in engineering, not so much. So I have found a way to match my passion for things that are technical and engineering focused with a job that I can leverage and credibly do in the marketplace. So I've taught myself how to be a great writer. You can teach yourself many, many things if you have to do them. Oh, I, thought, I just thought of one more, um, and it got, kind of goes with it. I used to argue for my limitations, I used to say things like, oh, I can't sell. I don't know how to do that. Oh, I can't write. I'm not a good writer. Well, it turns out I make most of my living now by selling and writing. So arguing for your limitations, putting those limitations on yourself, not other people doing it, but doing it yourself is really a great way to limit your life and your career and your future. So I've learned to set aside those limitations. And every time I hear myself arguing for my own limitations, to remember that I've already overcome them in two categories, and I can overcome them in many categories. Wow, great personal traits or qualities that you just shared there. So that's the first one is to uh, being organized and being focused. And the second one is to do what it is that you said you're going to do. I mean, committing yourself to what to your word and having that integrity. And the third one is being tenacious or the ability not to give up. And the other two things that you just shared is teaching yourself a skill or learning a new skill. Be that one being a good writer, being a great speaker, something that you're passionate about that you want to learn in addition to the skills that you already have. And then the third, the last one is turning your limitations or not uh, having those limitations as limitations by itself, but turning them as opportunities, uh, turning them as positive ones. Wow, great personal traits and qualities that you've just shared and the good news is we can all cultivate and adapt these traits that Francis just shared with us so thanks for sharing those now let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur you know as entrepreneurs we face daily challenges that define our being and to get through those challenges takes a very special person and our audience wants to know that special person in you so what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? I think probably the biggest one we all struggle with is um, having your own business means you're pretty much working 24-7, 365. Um, I tend to 
pour my heart and my soul into my business and sometimes forget to have a balance in life um, and be involved and engaged with the other people in my world aside from my, my clients. And this is one I have to overcome over and over again. Because every time I let an, an older client go and get a new one, I, I jump into their technology, their business with a huge passion that sort of eliminates the rest of my world. So I constantly have to struggle to remember that, that I have a whole community around me, not just my job. So, and um, in, in, I think in any um, company, especially services company like mine, um, your, your clients will let you work yourself into the ground. They won't give you barriers. You have to learn how to give yourself your own barriers for your own balance in life. So that's been a really big one for me to overcome. Um, the second one is allowing others into my little universe. When I first started my company, I didn't want to have any employees or anybody else that I needed to rely on for the work except for me because I know the quality of work I produce and I know that I'll go to the end of the earth to get it done and get it done on time. And relying on others was very hard for me um, because I just, I, I just wanted to make it on my own without that extra burden of having to manage other people's work. Um, over time, I've learned that I, if I'm going to have any kind of a life of my own, I have to let other people in and let them help me. So, so that sounds kind of odd, but I, um, but I, now I've learned how to do that. So now I have a great mix of contractors who support me, who do some of the work so that I don't have to do all of it, and they give me back that life balance. Wow, the, wow, these challenges that you just shared, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to it. And, and in one way or another, I'm sure have experienced it as well, because I can totally relate to this. I mean, I have this thing that what I'm so passionate about doing that sometimes 24 hours is not enough. And we tend to, you know, not, not notice that 24 hours or that the whole day is gone. And then we're, we haven't had a chance to spend it with other people or with other people that are important to us. And the other, the second one that you've just shared is, you know, real, uh, you know, taking, letting go of some control in your business. I mean, relying on others or letting them, allowing them to be part of our business. And it's really hard, especially if you are starting out and you are, you know, you're working alone, you feel that, okay, you have to do all these things. But you, uh, Francis just shared, it's really important to really uh, build that be able to work with others i mean uh, outsourcing and delegating some of the tasks that not only gonna free you from or for doing things that you really want to do but also that you know you're able to leverage other people's strength by delegating those um some of those tasks so let's learn from these challenges that francis shared with us and learn from how she was able to overcome them because that's the main point here all right. Uh, I know you you mentioned uh, we've already touched a little bit of this uh, work-life balance as an entrepreneur, but I'd love for you to let, talk about more about it because being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. But the challenge with us entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Well, that's a, it's a wonderful question and it's so very important and very, very hard. So, But I do have some things I do to to try to keep this balance. Um, one of the things is I only bring on one new client at a time. And um, that way I can 
keep the other ones sort of floating. I usually work with three or four clients at the same time. I can keep my other two or three floating while I really focus hard on the, the one client. So I never bring on two at the same time. Just too much energy involved in, in bringing on board new people. Um, so that's one thing. Um, another thing I've learned to do is to, to schedule vacations. I I schedule them six months ahead of time. I let all of my clients know. I make them absolutely solid and unbreakable. I, I schedule something that you can't not do, like a cruise or a trip or something where I've committed to myself and other people. And that way I, I, I book it and I take it so that I don't lose out on that chance to be with folks. Um, I have a really wonderful supportive family and group of friends um, a husband, a, a daughter, a granddaughter, brothers, sisters, a great community. And, and they, they reel me back in when I get too far afield. They'll, they'll remind me that I need to pay some time and attention to them. And I've told them that I need, to, I need them to do that for me. Um, they also understand my cone of silence. When I go into writing, I shut the door, turn off the phones, and I go into my little cone of silence. And they are very forgiving and wonderful about that. Um, another very important thing, in addition to, to you know have, being surrounded by a wonderful, loving family and having them remind me to pay attention to them, which is really helpful. Uh, second thing is about health. You know, if you don't have your health, you really don't, you can't sustain yourself. And um, I have two beautiful little corgi dogs. We go hiking every morning at 5 a.m. We do three and a half miles every single day of the year. Rain, snow, doesn't matter. We go hiking. And that has helped me to become, I, I am much more fit now than I was 10 years ago when I started my own business. I, um, I do it every day. This year, in fact, I um, and last year did the Avon walk for 40 miles in two days. Um, and it's, and this, um, hiking every day and having goals that that to achieve, like doing forty mile hikes, um, really help have helped my health stay very very strong in spite of the hard and long hours I work. So that's been very important. Um, and then the third thing is I choose a volunteer project to do every year, just one. Um, I I um, as I because I love doing things. I can in the past used to get over. Um, overwhelmed by my volunteer engagements. And now I choose one every year to do. So for many years, I was a president of my alumni association at my college and then on the board of trustees at the college and spent a lot of time on campus with the students and speaking and that kind of thing. Over the last five years, because my business has grown so much, I've had to cut back on that. But three years ago, I was um, did volunteer tax returns for this tax season, which was really exciting and expanded my brain in a different way. And then for the last two years, I've done the Avon Walk um, for breast cancer, which has been really important to me for many, many reasons, um, but also encouraged me to keep my fitness levels up. And this last July, when 1,800 of us raised $4 million for breast cancer support and research, and that made me just feel really good. And it's good to feel good once in a while. So um, that kind of giving back really helps me have a balance in all areas of my life. Great takeaways there. And I love your perspective on this work-life balance. And those tips that you've just shared, really, really helpful. So the first one is to really focus on one client at a time and bring one client in your business at a time. So you are really focused on that and not having too many clients at a time. Really helpful. I find that really helpful as well. And then the second one is to schedule your vacations. I mean, put them on calendar and really commit to taking them because yes, we have our business that we are passionate about. We also have other 
people are things that are important to us that we should make time with. And the, the third one that you've shared is to pay attention to your health. Do activities that you enjoy. And for example, going hiking with your dogs, going, uh, going for uh, activities like the Avon walk that not only uh, inspire you to inspire others for a cause, for a community cause, but also will help you physically and mental for your physical and mental well-being. Great tips there that we all can learn from that we can all adapt also in our lives because this is one area that we all are challenged with because I myself you know, on a daily basis but this uh, simple things it doesn't have to be big things simple things that we can do on a daily basis that will help us uh, stay sane as well and also not, not being able to not to uh, neglect the other areas of our lives really important all right now uh, Francis I'd love for you to talk about success and what success mean to you you know your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life now would like to also say that success is a mindset you know I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? That's a, that's a very interesting question. Um, my my vision of success has changed over the years. And I think you, um, because I've been doing this for a very long time, I, I, I'll tell you what my success was early and, and what it has become. So early on, um, I went to college in the mid-70s. So it was the era of, of Ms. Magazine. Uh, women were burning bras. Women were seeking affirmative action. And, and just a funny thing, Title VII of the Affirmative Rights Act, which was originally established to give uh, affirmative action support for minorities, was by a fluke women were added to the Affirmative Action Act. And so affirmative action didn't just include minorities, but also women. Uh, when I went to work at HP right out of college, the uh, programs that gave opportunities to women were th going on throughout the company and everybody was learning that it was time to give women the opportunity to, to be successful in their careers alongside the men. So I had the chance to do things that women before me had never had the chance to do. I really um, had the chance to uh, leverage their hard, hard work at getting doors opened inside of companies. And then, you know, my vision then, of course, was how, how many people worked for me how big was my title? How big was my office? The, the typical things that one would think was success. And, and I was fortunate to be very, very successful at, at many large companies. Over the time now, 40 years later, um, I measure success in a very different way. It's, as I think I said earlier, my success is the success of, of people that I work for and the people around me that I help and support. I spend a great deal of time still at the college um, working with the students and mentoring students and helping them move forward in their careers. And success to me is every once in a while, I'll get a little email from one of those kids that says, you know, you told me that I should keep a, a monthly accomplishments report and I should keep that on file. You know, I've been doing that for the last 20 years and I can't tell you how many times that has come out to be important in my career and moving forward. Or somebody else will say, you know, you told me that I should always have someone else read my documents if they were going to be published externally to make sure that they were 
proper grammar and punctuation and edited correctly. And I do that to this day, and it has helped me move forward and up in my career in ways I can't even tell you about. Those kinds of little messages from people that I've worked with along the way, those are success to me. So the way that I'm helping other people's lives become better um, is what makes me feel successful. And of course, my little businesses that I help become big businesses, that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful success as well. What a great perspective you have there. And yes, I agree. I totally I'm on board with you that success really is, you know, knowing that we are impacting other people's lives and whatever it is we are putting out there or that we are doing. It's really there all there is. I mean, I truly believe that the the really true essence of success is those intangible benefits of being in business. And of course, we are in business to be profitable. But at the end of the day, I really believe that what truly makes us happy is there is that too. (laughs) Yes, exactly. There's also the flexibility and the freedom. Before we get to the highlight of our show, let's thank our sponsor. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing. Talking to wonderful women every day here at Today's Leading Women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. All right, now let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you're headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? So the, f- the first thing is you need to do something you're passionate about. Um, you're, you're going to be investing your heart and soul into something. You need to be really love what you do. Now, I know that Technology and new technology doesn't sound like a very feminine passion, but it lights me up. I'm a girl geek. I like technology. So I love learning about things that are better and cheaper and faster and make the world a better place. When I first started my career, I I kind of stressed because I didn't think computers would ever make the world a better place. Now we're talking way back when computers were typically only used for business and commerce and engineering. And I, I struggled hard with that. Now I realize that, of course, computers are making the world a better place, a much better place. So that uh, that makes me much happier about my passion. But I love technology, so that's what I do. Second thing is you need to have a great deal of self-discipline to be an entrepreneur. You need to be the one that adjusts, makes your schedule and meets your deadlines and gets the resources that you need and gets things done on budget so that your business can continue to be successful. So you, you've really got to have um, self-discipline to go with that passion to build a successful business. And then the final thing, which may sound a bit odd, but I think it's very, very important, keep your own books, keep track of your own money. You really need to know if you have your own business, how much is going out and how much is going coming in. And um, if, if you aren't good at that, become good at that. <laughs> Take a class, 
um, go online, learn how to keep track of your own money. Um, when the financial advisors have their own perspectives and their own views, and you know best how your money is best spent and, and what to do with the income and the revenue that comes in. So that would be my last thing. Keep track of your own money. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, so I am going to... So I just type in there the next questions. I'd love for you to just go ahead and um, answer them. I will record my my questions before them. I just want to make sure that we are, we are able to record your side. Is that that's, okay? That's fine, yeah. Okay, so... Um, my favorite, my favorite business resource and book would be um, my favorite resource. Are the? Um, I'm sorry, Maria. I it's okay. I will be able to able to edit this, <laughs> I, so no worries. Know, three questions. I wrote out your questions ahead of time, so I've got them here. So my favorite business resource, and this would really only apply to people in technology marketing, but it's a it's a very cool big data tool called IT Database. And um, as you're looking, as you're building your own business. Take a look out for the very interesting new new technology-based tools and apps that use big data and analytics to come to provide you with insights that you couldn't have in any other way. IT database, for example, is a PR resource, but it does it in a very different way. It's a resource that looks at the actual content of articles editors and journalists are writing. And you can search on the content and you can find amazing insights into technology uh, based on this kind of a search. It's um, much more than you could have ever had before. So IT Database is my number one favorite business resource. When it comes to books, again, it's um, something specific to my industry. There's a book called Crossing the Chasm that is all about how you take IT product to market. It's been out in the world for about 30 years, and it's the Bible of the Silicon Valley. So anybody who's doing IT technology marketing has to know and love that book because it really tells you how to get a company from being a very small startup to crossing that chasm where many startup companies go and becoming large established companies. So that's really my favorite business book. I do have another one that I love, and it's called – what is it called? Oh, can't find it. We'll have to cut that from the discussion. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. There is another one that's excellent. It's called The Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. And it applies to more than just technology companies. It's also really good for anybody who's starting a business because it talks about the startup process. So Guy Kawasaki, Art of the Start. And um, superheroes. I thought a lot about this question. And I'd have to say that my superheroes are the women of the 50s, including my mom. These women, these women sent their, their husbands, their lovers, their brothers off to war. And during the 40s, they left their homes and they went to work in business and in factories, building airplanes and guns and things to support the warriors and to support the country while the men were all off at war. And then when those men came back from war, they left their jobs. They left their, their successes. They left their inspirations. They left. They went back home to heal these wounded warriors because they, those men that came back from World, World War II were just as wounded and damaged as the ones that we have had come home from Vietnam and from the Gulf Wars. They cured those wounded warriors. They supported them, and they created new families to repopulate the United States. 
And so they gave up their careers and their jobs to do that. But while they were repopulating, they were growing daughters who had the spark of energy and passion inside of them to go be women of business on their own. I was told I could do anything. And, and because of that, I did do anything and everything and took every risk and every chance because I knew not only did I have a supportive mother behind me, but I also had the support of all those women of the 50s who had gone out of their homes, been in the business world, and come back to recreate our country. So those are my superheroes, the women of the 40s and 50s who gave so much so we could have the opportunity to move forward. Wow, that's very that's touching, very Francis. So I just type in the, the last question, which is to share our listeners the, a big benefit from your product or your service and where they can connect with you and how did, will they get that product or service that you have? And then we're going to end from there. I'll, I will re-record my part, but I just want you to uh, answer that one so that I can uh, cut from there. Certainly. So I really love helping people who are starting companies and um, young people with ideas and passions. So if there's somebody who's interested in starting um, a high-tech marketing services company, I have helped several get up and running. I'm uh, happy to share secrets and tips, and the best way to reach me is through Addison Marketing. So my email is francis with an E at addisonmarketing.com, A-D-D-I-S-O-N, marketing.com. You can check out my website and um, and reach out. I would be very happy to help. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW Fan of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Oh,